Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To the logo on my chest and tell him. Slammy, ego. Slammy, ego. Slammy, ego. Slammy, ayy. Hit it up hard. Hit it with strike. From the national anthem to the bottom of the night. I'm in. Slammy, ego. Slammy, ego. Slammy, ego. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 327 of Talking Friars. Thank you so much for being here with me on this Friday, January 27th, 2023. Credit to Annie Halbrun and Kevin AC. They just put out this amazing, amazing piece earlier this morning in the San Diego Union Tribune about Fernando Tatis Jr. and what he's working through this offseason, what he's doing, the pool workouts that he's doing, and his mentality, what is his health right now. Because the last time he spoke to anyone in the media, at least that I know of, was right after the suspension, right? When he was in the dugout and there was a bunch of reporters there and he had just, I believe, spoken with the team. That's the last we had heard of him. We, we've seen some updates on social media, on Instagram, him swinging. Most, most recently, yesterday, he posted that on Instagram of him swinging in the batting cage at Petco. We've seen uh, Joe Musgrove posting some stuff about Tatis swimming. So we, some Padres fans that were paying attention, knew that Tatis had been training with Musgrove. And yesterday, there was, I believe, a post by Musgrove on social media uh, with Luis Camposano in the picture. A lot of other Padres have been doing this training as well. 
but this is an in-depth piece, in-depth piece uh, about what Fernando is going through, what his mindset is. And so I definitely recommend you checking that out. Uh, just go to the San Diego Union Tribune, Union Tribune and you can definitely find it there. But this episode, I just want to kind of run it by you guys and what he's talking about. Um, some of the quotes that I really enjoyed seeing and just what his mindset is. And obviously, if you have questions, comments, put them in the chat and we'll definitely go through those uh, when I get done kind of going over this piece. Um, again, credit to Annie and Kevin. Um, I think this is a great thing to talk about because this was it's one of the mysteries, right? Or at least it was like, what is Fernando doing? How is he feeling? Um, just his mindset going into the season, right? Because, yeah, the Bogart signing is great, and we know Manny coming off the MVP caliber season and getting to the NLCS, but this is probably the biggest Padre story going into the season. Fernando, and how is he going to do? What is he going to look like in spring training? Is he going to be limited at all in spring training? Well, we're getting some answers to that right now uh, from the Union Tribune, from Annie Halbrun and Kevin Acey. So let's get into some of the main points. So this this is about his training. Uh, there's a video attached to it as well. Just about his training uh, underwater and what is this going to do? What, what does Tatis believe this will help him with uh, when he gets back onto the field and the challenges that he's going to have to face in 2023? And he said to slow everything or to slow down everything, not even in the game. I feel like this year is going to be a little bit wild. What is waiting for me out there? So I think he's talking about, you know, the booze, the criticism. Just learn how to breathe and how to come back to the peace that water brings me. And then it goes into working back, uh, being the face. He was, you know, the face of baseball before the act, the motorcycle accidents, the PED suspension. Um, and then he had some quotes about him missing the playoffs. And it is a big what if, right? What if Tatis was there? They made it to the NLCS and won a game without him, right? They, they did do that. Um, so he says, the fact that I wasn't there in the playoffs, I feel like that was my depression. It was a hard moment. I'm not going to say it wasn't hard. There were times where I didn't want to watch. It's really hard seeing your team go so deep in the playoffs and you can't do nothing. It makes you feel like you aren't part of it. It stabbed me straight to the heart. But you got to remember that feeling and just put, in, put it into your work so you're not going to get there again. So, again, that motivation, right? Like, I want to be a part of those champagne celebrations. And they made it that far without me. Let me be that piece to put us over the top, right? Uh, Tatis. Spoke to his teammates August 23rd, 11 days after his suspension was announced. He called it the most difficult moment he has experienced in the process. Uh, Tatsi says, seeing their faces, just how heartbroken they were. I feel like a different story could have been if I was on the field. I feel like that was a stab to the team. I was apart from them. It was the first time I ever felt that. I was really heartbroken. I've always been successful in this area. And now for the first time, I really messed up. And I really felt that. So again, just him being heartbroken. And that's that's what we heard of, right? At, at the press conference, or not the press conference, but the media scrum at Petco Park. We heard 
that pain right in his voice um and he definitely was remorseful very apologetic for what had happened but that 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 didn't stop you know Padres fans from being pissed off at him me included i think we were all pissed off to some degree at him for doing that because that was an amazing chance that the Padres had at winning the World Series and they were missing one of the best players on the team one of the best players not just on the team but one of the best players in baseball that they were missing and we're never going to get that back right so people they're going to have that in the back of their head I think I will have that in the back of my head I'm going to root Tatis on no doubt about that I'm not going to boo Tatis but that's always going to be in the back of my head right that he let this team down in 2022 that what if is going to be in the back of my head um but i i am ready to to flip the page look i'm not going to forget what happened but if he's going to continue being a hard worker like it seems like he is and taking all the right steps in the process to get the respect back because it's going to take a while but get the respect back get back in the teammates good graces first that that's what matters most here it's not, I know the fans, right, that, that brings in money and pays for the contract, but getting in the good graces of the teammates, because that's who he's with every day, that's who sees him behind the scenes and all the work that he's putting in, right? Getting their respect, I think, is huge, because then whenever something happens on the field, or if someone wants to bean him on the field, or fans want to boo him, like, they'll have his back. So I think that's huge. Um so yeah, just he's he's continuing to admit what he did wrong, what he did was wrong, being remorseful, and um, now now this article it got into the surgeries. Um, says he returned in January to San Diego to train. He was in the Dominican Republic while he remained in daily contact with at least one member of the Padres medical staff or the front office. Underwent the shoulder surgery in September, the wrist surgery in October. Uh, after the initial procedure that he had because he needed to get a central screw in there because it just wasn't feeling right. Um, Tati said his shoulder is fully healed I'm, uh, and of the the wrist surgery, he says it feels good, the wrist. I feel way more com- confident compared to last time. I feel like this time they got it right. It didn't get healed right the other time. It was like 25%. This time, the last time we checked, it was 90% healed, which I believe is what Kevin Acey said in his podcast the other day. So it's way better. Um, and about the shoulder surgery, says, I'm glad I got it. It feels way better. I'm way more, I'm way confident. I feel like I'm going to have my swing 100% back this year, which it seems like he, he didn't have, or at least wasn't going to have last year. When he was returning, you know, he was doing those rehab games before, obviously, the suspension went uh, came down and he flew to San Diego, didn't let anyone know. That was part of, you know, his mistake, right? Many mistakes that he made, but it seems like he's making all the right, all the, the right choices right now, which is, which is great. It is absolutely great to hear, great to see here in the Union Tribune. Uh, and here is great news. Here is great news in this article. Fernando Tatis Jr. said he will be full go for spring training. He can participate in workouts and games through spring training camp 
and then will serve the remaining 20 games of his 80-game suspension. He is scheduled to be reinstated April 20th when the Padres open a series in Arizona. So he is full go for spring training. He's scheduled to be full go. Going to play in games, workouts, and he's going to get a lot of playing time, I would think, because the Padres want to see him as much as they can before that suspension takes place. I assume he can play minor league games. I'm not quite sure, but I think he can play minor league games during the Padres' first few weeks of the season when he can't play for them. And then he'll be able to go right in the lineup April 20th. If he can't play minor league games, then I think he can just play games at the spring training facility. And I know that's not major league competition, but he should he should at least be able to do that. And he'll still be swinging every day, right, and throwing and baseball activities and all that. So looks like he's going to be ready to go April 20th, which is great news. Tatis says, I'm really excited. I feel like this is one of the years there's going to be more emotion, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to just being back on the field. And I cannot wait to see Fernando back on the field. Cannot wait. I mean, this guy plays with so much joy. And to be able to turn on the TV at 640 every night, if I'm not at the game, and be able to see this guy rounding the bases and doing that skip step or whatever it is before third base on home runs and just seeing him happy, right? And the diving plays and him sprinting down the line. I just love watching Fernando play and him being at the top of the order. And it's not just the Fernando show, right? I mean, having the lineup behind him that he has with Soto and Manny, Bogarts and Crony and Carpenter and Cruz, see what Grisham can be and Nola, Campy, like Kim. Kim's going to be at FanFest, by the way. Eric Grutner said that on 97.3 The Fan this morning. So I just cannot freaking wait for this season. Uh, being able to watch him in person at Petco, just being blessed to have season tickets with my family. Uh, I just cannot wait. And he's going to be at FanFest, so that's going to be another step in this process, right? being able to be in front of the fans. Eric Grootman, by the way, on 97.3 The Fan this morning, said, I believe, hopefully I get this correct, 150,000 tickets have been distributed or at least claimed by Padres fans for FanFest. So hopefully not everyone comes at once, but it is going to be packed. I don't know what the capacity of Petco Park is, like literal capacity of how many human beings can be in that place. Right, I know the capacity for seats, right, over forty thousand, but one hundred fifty thousand people. Uh, the Potters are going to have to control that somehow, um, but that's going to be wild. Tatis will be there. Kim, Manny, Soto, Bogarts, Cronenworth, everyone. It seems like all the big guys they're going to be there. So that is great to see. The Potters legends will be there. So I, I'm just so freaking pumped for this season. Uh, he asked if he, um, if it might take time for him to get being back to the same player that he was. Says, I don't think so. To me, it's just baseball. This is the thing that I've been doing since I had memory. The same time I learned how to walk, I was swinging a bat. On the baseball side, I'm definitely not scared of what's going to happen or how my body is going to react. I mean, I love this quote. I love this quote. I had one arm the last year I was healthy, and I still found a way to play baseball in the best way possible. So with all the subluxations he was dealing with, remember 2021, the last year that we saw him play baseball at the major league level, he hit 42 home runs dealing with you know, 
one unhealthy shoulder and one healthy shoulder. So, yeah, he's right. Um, uh, so, I mean, he's putting the expectations on him, right? I don't think that it's going to take time. So, yeah, we should expect Fernando. I think it's fair for us fans to expect Fernando to be Fernando when he comes back. Now, maybe you give him, you know, a couple-week grace period and all that, getting back, facing Major League Pitching. Um, and he is going to go through slumps, just like Juan Soto went through slumps this past year, right? But Fernando is Fernando. Like, I think it's fair to put pressure on him. I think it's fair to put expectations on him because of what he made us go through last year, because the disappointment of last year, um, I don't know, maybe the big contract that the Padres gave him, like, we should have expectations on him. And pressure is a privilege, right? So I'll criticize Fernando just like I'll criticize any other player if they don't perform up to the level that they, or the level that I expect them to. Maybe I'll be a little harsher on Fernando than other players because of the disappointment of last year. I think that's fair from a fan perspective. I'm not going to be hating on Fernando. Don't get me wrong. I want Fernando to have success. I'm, I'm going to love watching him play. Uh, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's um, dumb from a fan perspective to still be a little upset at him, be super excited that he's coming back and you're going to cheer him on, but have expectations for him, if that makes sense. So let me know, people that are here live on YouTube or social media at Talking Fires, Twitter and Instagram, let me know the expectations that you have for Fernando for 2023. Do you expect him to be great right out of the gate or do you expect some time for him to adjust and, and get back? Uh, Tatis appears healthy and strong. Just getting back to this article. Um, in many ways, it says here he appears to be the same fun-loving kid Padres fans adored even before they got to see him up close. The one with the big smile and the fat flips. The one who hits missiles to the seats and does a stutter step just before the final 90 feet of his home run jog. Uh, he says he definitely misses it, hitting a home run, jogging around third base. I definitely miss it. And he's been preparing himself mentally for the booze. Uh, I know that people are going to talk about, I know what people are going to talk about out there and what people are going to be talking about on the field. It depends on me, how I'm going to approach it, how I'm going to take it. And it's going to be up to me if I'm going to answer back. The answer is going out. By, my, by itself. The answer is going to go out by itself. It's going to be just me playing and being back on the field. You can't be loved everywhere. I'm definitely going to look forward to those boos and to the applause. Here's a question. Where do you think Fernando's going to get the biggest boos? Do you think Fernando's going to get booed everywhere? I think he'll probably get booed everywhere just because he's the star player one of the star players on the Padres, just like Manny gets booed a lot of places. But there will be bigger boos because he's coming off of the suspension, obviously. Dodger Stadium, I expect there probably to be fake steroid blow-ups being thrown out onto the field like last year. I expect him to get booed just as loud as Manny gets booed there. Um, he will continue to get booed all season long. And it's only probably going to get stronger from Dodger fans as the season progresses. 
So yeah, Dodger fans, they're going to get on him. Giants fans, they'll get on him. When the Padres go to like Philly, they're definitely going to get on him because it's Philly, right? Like, and I'm not saying that fans shouldn't boo him of opposing fan bases. I'm not saying like, oh, don't, why are you booing Fernando? Like, I totally understand. I think that's going to unite us Padres fans, right? Like, there's some Padres fans. I sat next to a Padres fan last year that said that they were going to boo Fernando when he comes back. Hopefully that mindset has changed a little bit from Padres fans. But I'm hoping that the boos this year from other fan bases is going to unite all of us and say, you know what, I'm tired of this. It's us versus the world, right? It's us Padres fans, Fernando. We're backing our guy. I know he messed up, but, but we can only look forward now. Back our guy, and it's going to be us against everyone else, right? And so I think that can, you know, bond us, right? Um, Tatis says, also, when I signed the contract, I assigned myself to being on the field for 14 years, so I feel like that's what we need to do, be on the field for the years we set out for. So just, you know, him, he, want, he has that commitment to being healthy, and we saw that, right, from the surgeries that he's had, the multiple surgeries. And yeah, I mean, the work ethic is definitely there. Um, and so getting back to the pool workout, facing the challenge of the pool workout, 30 minutes, um, there's some rugby players that he's been working out with as well, it seems like, other professional athletes, um, working out with Musgrove, obviously. Musgrove is like the king of like this underwater stuff. He, he definitely knows what he's doing. Um, on the Wednesday, I guess, that the Union Tribune were out there doing this article, this feature, uh, Musgrove was underwater, held his breath for three minutes and 20 seconds that day. Tatis first showed up, could hardly go for 50 seconds, and that Wednesday he went for a minute and 45. So it seems like these swimming workouts are every Wednesday, uh, class run by Deep End Fitness. According to this article, it's uh, opens a circle of trust where participants perform health or excuse me perform breath work before outlining accountability goals and individual intentions for that day's effort once in the pool the emphasis turns to relaxation techniques and mentally preparing or mentally resetting under duress translated to baseball speak learning to truly flush the last play or the last pitch. So yeah, I mean that's that could help Fernando, right? There's going to be a lot of stress probably for Fernando, but it's kind of just like, all right, take a deep breath, right? Like when he's about to step in the box, take a deep breath. Maybe he does that before every pitch or before pitches in the field, take a deep breath. Um in between innings, just you know, take deep breaths. Um maybe he's going to visualize stuff. I mean, it seems like he's already preparing for all the booze and all everything's that everything that he's going to have to face. So, yeah, I mean, this 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 seems like it's going to work out well, and this is definitely uh, helping him get ready for the season. Um, seems like he's being competitive with Musgrove in the pool here, uh, with certain speed stuff. Musgrove saying all that speed on land means nothing in here, so it seems like Musgrove has the edge there with Tatis. Um, but yeah, Tatis says he finds peace in the water. It's a sanctuary part of his identity. I love the silence it brings me. Musgrove 
seems like everything that he's saying is just positive for Tatis. And Musgrove was one of the harsher guys, right, when Tatis had the suspension, like kind of pretty much saying, like, he's got to be, he's got to show us that he wants to be here, right? And his actions are going to dictate how long he's here. Um, so, yeah, Musgrove is, seems like Tatis is putting in the work and therefore Musgrove is changing his thoughts. Or maybe not changing his thoughts, just putting out positive um, thoughts about Tatis, who he has been around this offseason. Uh, and I love this from Tatis right here. Just fire me up. Uh, you want to flip that page, he says, but you also want to remember what took you to those down places so you don't do that again. We got to face whatever comes. It's life. It's part of it. We can never be afraid. If we're afraid, we'll be stuck in the same part. So just look to the challenge and just stab it right in the throat. And man, is that not perfect for not just Tatis and the Padres, but for all of us, right? If you ever have a challenge that you're facing in life, you being afraid of that challenge is just holding you back, right? You got to take that challenge on. Stab that challenge right in the throat, like Tatis is saying. Yeah, we're all afraid of things in life, right? But you got to take that challenge head on or else you're not going to conquer that fear, right? I'm sure Tatis going into this season, he's, I don't know about afraid, but he's probably stressed out about the fan reaction. And what if he doesn't perform this year? People are going to be like, oh, well, he was taking steroids all this time and we just didn't know about it. But he, he can't look at that, right? There's going to be a ton of pressure on him. Uh, a ton of expectations on him from the fan base, probably from people in baseball to be back to being that Fernando Tatis Jr. that we saw in 2021. But he's just got to put the work in, right? Every day, one breath at a time. Just put the work in. He can't control what's going to happen two months from now, right? All he can do is just be the best version of himself every day from here on out. Can't change what happened last year, the decisions he made last year, right? All he can do is just continue to work hard and try to be the best teammate and the best human being that he can be from here on out, right? And just don't make those dumb decisions again, right? That pain that he felt talking to his teammates in the clubhouse that day before addressing reporters, that pain that he felt watching at home and the stab you know, to the heart that he felt not being able to be a part of that Padres team and how he felt like things could have changed or would have changed if he was on the field this past postseason. Let that be motivation. I don't want to be there again, so I'm going to work my butt off to ensure that that doesn't happen again. Right? And we could do that same thing in life, right? Anyone that's watching or listening to this that did something that they regret last week, last month, last year, and they're like, man, I, I, I don't want to do that again. Use that as motivation. Be like, I remember that feeling. Think back to that feeling that you had when you made that regrettable decision and say, I don't want to feel that feeling ever again. And then don't feel that feeling ever again because you put in the work. You be the best version of yourself that you can be every day. Right? Don't be afraid. Face whatever comes to you. It's life. You're going to have downs. But... Put in the work so you have more ups than downs, right? So 
that's my thoughts on that. It was, it's just a great article from the Union Tribune. Definitely go. I, I definitely recommend you go watch. Or not watch. Or no, what, there's a video attached. So yeah, go watch the video um, and go read that article. Great work from Annie Hallgren from Kevin Acey. Uh, I think there was another video. Whoever videoed that and the other company that was a part of that. Great job by them. Uh, just tremendous work there. So had to give them their props there. Um, okay, so let's get to the chat here. I'm sure a lot of people have some thoughts about Fernando, but first. This episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right, so let's see. Boogeyman says, Fernando going to do good this year. I sure hope so. It feels like it. Let's go. Unless he hurts his shoulder or wrist. But he does have the surgery. So the surgery should lower the chance of him having those subluxations. I don't know if it's impossible about the subluxations now that he has the surgery. But this is supposed to improve his chances of being healthy and not sustaining those subluxations where he's out for a week or a couple weeks. So other injuries could happen, right? Hamstring and ACL and all that stuff, turn ankle, uh, upper body stuff too, right? Stuff can happen. But for those things, um, it seems like that should be past us, hopefully. I hope so. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, the Beef says El Nino going to go off this season. Our team is so stacked. Going to be so many home runs. I hope so. Um, and it's not just the offense, right? Like, the bullpen. I love where the bullpen's at right now with Hader and Suarez, Garcia, Hill. We'll see what Roy Morahone has, right? Um... Luis Garcia, I don't know what the Rule 5 guy is going to have, but then you look at the rotation with Musgrove, obviously, and Snell and Darvish, and Nick Martinez, he's one of my favorite players. Just the work ethic, uh, him just being such a team player, just love that about him. Just wants to win, right? Absolutely wants to win. And then Seth Lugo, he's going to impact this team positively, whether that's in the rotation or the bullpen. If it doesn't work out in the rotation, He's going to be an impact, and he's going to provide an impact in the bullpen. Drew Pomerantz is another guy I forgot to mention. He's not someone that you should first be thinking about in the bullpen because he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But if he can stay healthy, that is an amazing left-handed arm for the Padres to have 
uh, in that bullpen. Alexander here with a question, has a question about FanFest. What is going to happen there? I've never been, so I'm wondering. So from what I'm reading uh, and in my past experience, so there's going to be, I think, some Q&As in Gallery Square. You're going to be able to go walk onto the field around the outfield, probably play catch maybe. I don't know. Don't quote me on the playing catch part, but you can walk on the field. You can tour the visiting clubhouse. Uh, there's going to be picture and autograph sessions around the ballpark with players. Former players are going to be there. It's pretty much just like an all-day thing. Uh, it's free, uh, but I believe tickets for the public are already gone. Like You can't claim them anymore because of how many people, over 100,000 people, have already claimed tickets, I guess, according to uh, Gruppner. So it's going to be packed. Is FanFest this weekend? No, it's not. It is February 4th. Yes, February 4th is FanFest. So not this Saturday, but next Saturday. It's going to be packed. So can't wait. Cannot wait. I'm going to be there. Um, Brian says, live in Colorado, so it's not like I'm going, but want some video. Having been in the wrap-up show has made it a lot easier to follow my Padres from afar. I appreciate that. Yeah, I love John and Jim. Um, I, I appreciate the opportunities they've given me. Uh, they have a great radio show, John and Jim, San Diego Sports 760, and um, we're just really passionate Padres fans. I, I mean, I think they'd say this as well. Like, we just love talking with other Padres fans and talking about our favorite team. We're not afraid to criticize the team when it's warranted, but we're also going to give them praise when they deserve it as well. And we just want this team to win. We want this fan base to finally get that World Series that we haven't been able to get, right? Winning against the Dodgers, that was such an amazing feeling. That was the best feeling I've ever had in my life uh, regarding the Padres. Um, and I want even more than that, right? We want more than that, you know? So I, I can't wait. This is going to be so great this season. Uh, Big Island Bum says, going to be great razzing the Dodger fans about last year. Yeah. But they'll probably come back and say, well, we won the division every year for the past decade. We have a World Series. You don't. It's like, well, you had a Mickey Mouse World Series. Uh, we didn't have everyone healthy in 2020. And um, we beat you last year. It, you know, we beat you when it mattered most. Uh, the Beef says, yes, L.A. will be bad. Manny finally won't be the one with the loudest booze. Yeah. Yeah, Tatis and Manny will be probably getting equivalent booze, I would think. But even when Tatis was healthy at Dodger Stadium, right, the the one eye to Bauer, right, after the home runs, like, it was great watching that. The five home runs in three games or something uh, over that weekend. The Sunday night baseball game where he homered off Dustin May oppo. And Matt Vaskersian, like, exploded. Like, he couldn't even, he couldn't, like, contain himself. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's going to be great. See him hit some home runs at Dodger Stadium. Oh, amazing. Every once in a while, I go back and play back uh, Tatis's home runs. I like got Kershaw and Walker Bueller, Julio Urias. Oh, it's great. Brian says, any NLS team will have huge boos. Fernando, maybe not here in Colorado. They are very passive, at least when I go to games. Colorado, I mean, yeah. I mean, their team's, the Colorado Rockies suck. So it's usually the good teams, the good fan, or, not good fan bases. I don't want to put it that way. The teams that have 
good rosters that are contenders, they'll probably boo louder to Fernando. Because if your team sucks, yeah, you might boo Fernando, but I don't know. It just doesn't have the same effect, probably. Because it's like, well, all right, we're going to go beat you 8 nothing today, so whatever, right? Well, the boos from the Dodger fans, those games are going to be competitive, right? I'm not saying the Rockies, all the Rockies games won't be competitive, but I hope that the Padres will have a have a lot more wins against the Rockies than they usually do in most years. I know they play them less times, but hopefully, you know, it's not the Rockies winning more games against the Padres, like sometimes it has been. What's up, Ivory? Uh, Will says, Dodgers are most definitely going to be booing Tatis for the rest of his career. Eventually, they might be booing our whole team when we beat them in the playoffs again this year. Well, I'd love that to happen, uh, but that is a long time down the road. We can't control that right now. Uh, we can only talk about our anticipation for this season and how excited we're going to be for this season, right? Uh, I think the Padres are a better team on paper than the Dodgers. And if they match up, I'm confident that they can beat them in the postseason. I mean, they did it last year without Fernando, and the Dodgers were a better team last year than they are this year. At least that's what it seems like, right? So we'll see. Uh, and I do agree, Will. Yeah, Dodgers fans will definitely be booing Tatis for the rest of his career, probably. One, he's a great player, and two, they, you know, obviously they're going to boo because of the steroids or whatever, and they think he's going to, they think he was probably using them in 2021 when he was hitting a bunch of bombs off of them when he wasn't right or else he would have been caught because i'm sure he got drug tested a lot right because he was hitting 40 plus bombs in the year yeah tim hill's going to be there too yep Irie says bullpen is solid and palmer class might actually play this year lol that has to be the worst relieving contract in baseball yeah, he's making like 10 mil, I think, this year. If he's healthy, it's not going to be a bad contract. But right now, yeah, it doesn't look great. I agree. I, I also agree about the bullpen. I think the bullpen is solid. Irie considers Pierce Johnson as a big loss, but good thing we have Seth Lugo. They both have nasty curveballs. Yes, that is true. Lugo has a nasty breaker. Yeah. Um, I think it's like... Isn't it like the best breaking ball or something in baseball? Like if you look at the baseball savant pages, I think it's like the 99th percentile, something like that. I'm going to double check that. I'm going to go look at that. I'm going to look that up right now. Let me see here. I think Lugo, again, back to my point earlier, like Lugo, he's going to be an impact guy, whether it's in the rotation or it's in the bullpen. He's going to have an impact on this team. Um, let's see here. Curveball spin rate. Yeah. 99th percentile. It's, it's like, it's the best curveball in baseball. That's what, that's pretty much what that tells you right there. So, yeah. Uh, Devin says the D-backs color commentator will continue to roast the Padres. Yeah. Bob Brunley. He's going to love having Tatis back. Huh? Wasn't he the one that talked about Tatis? Uh, he was like, talking about the, the big chain around his neck or something like the, the bike chain around his neck just stupid comments from him and then he had stupid comments about clevenger how like uh like his appearance like how he looks i think um 
obviously, I've already gotten to the whole Clevenger stuff. I'm just talking about Clevenger before we knew all that stuff, and it was just about his appearance, and Rob Brenly made some dumb comments about that. He also made some dumb comments about, I think, Marcus Stroman as well. So, yeah, that guy's an idiot. I'm surprised they still employ him, to be honest. Pedro uh, Heat with a question here. Do you think Tatis will be Tatis and celebrate like normal or be more subdued? Boo, I want to see old Tatis rounding third and bat flipping. No, I, I think he'll be okay bat flipping and running around third like that. Like He's rounding third, excuse me. That's who he is. He's a great personality. Like um, He knows people are going to boo him. They're going to boo him regardless of if he bat flips or not because of the PEDs and the suspension, right? So just be him. If he is him, I think he's going to have a better chance at having more success uh, because when he's not him and he's not having fun, I think his performance goes down a little bit. He doesn't produce as much. I know this isn't like personality-wise, but when they put him in the three-hole in 2021 sometimes, he would try to not be Tatis. He'd try to swing out of his shoes all the time and try to be someone he's not, right? So I think put him in that, putting him in that leadoff spot, having him get on base, take extra bases on singles to right center, uh, or that should be singles, and stretch it into a double, be him, you know? Like, don't don't hide anything. Just just be be himself. I, I think that's what we're gonna see. At least that's what I hope we're gonna see. Some fans are gonna be pissed off by his bat flips, but look, it's baseball. Like, can we have some fun here? Like, it is it is fun. It's a sport. You know, we're supposed to have fun here. Let him have fun. Maybe don't throw a pitch down the middle, and then he wouldn't bat flip on you. You know, like. That's what I would say to pitchers that get pissed off or baseball fans that get pissed off. Like, baseball is just different now, you know? Okay, if you don't like it, you don't like it. Then don't watch Tatis. But you're going to be missing out on one heck of a performance, I'll tell you that. Ivory says, I just think our offense is stacked already and we could spend the money on a different good starter than Otani. I just think we don't want the Dodgers getting him. I know AJ wants him too. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want the Dodgers getting Otani as well. And I had that episode yesterday, episode 326, which I encourage you to go watch or listen to if you have not, about the Padres acknowledging privately that it's gonna, it might be difficult to bring Soto back long term. Uh, which it's kind of like, yeah, no duh. Like, of course it's going to be difficult. I want it to be difficult because that means he's playing well. Um, I don't want it to be difficult like Soto doesn't want to be here. Just, I want him to perform well, right? Um, yeah, I don't want the Dodgers getting Otani, so getting back to your point, yeah, I agree with that. And AJ wants him. I just don't know if the Padres are going to outbid the Mets and the Dodgers because I do feel like they're gonna, they, they really want to bring Soto back, and they're really going to try to bring Soto back. And I think their focus is Manny. So if Manny gets extended... Before this next offseason, let's say, then they can have their focus on Otani, right? Because Manny's already extended. But if he's not, then I think their focus is going to be on Manny, not on Otani over Manny, if that makes sense. 
Uh, Devin asked, do you miss the throwback Thursday jerseys? Like the 98, the throwback sometimes that they do or that they used to do? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like them to wear those, you know, a little one-off day or whenever they're giving away the, the Trevor Hoffman giveaway jersey. Wear it that day. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll come back and wear it that day. If you're talking about, like, the blue uniforms that they had before the brown, eh, not really. Especially the white home one with just the Padres on it. That wasn't special. That wasn't special. These jerseys, it's special, right? You know who's, you know who's playing. It's the Padres. And, and brown and gold, it, it's just, it fits the Padres. I like the sand uniforms that they had. If they brought those back, that would be cool. Um, but I don't see that happening. Whoa, hang on. Sorry. I was trying to pull up a question here, and then it disappeared. Here it is. Brian says, how has the lack of shifts improved batting averages this year? I think it will improve batting average. I mean, we I don't know how to answer that question, to be honest, Brian, because we haven't seen baseball played in a full season with without any shifts going on. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in seeing how much of an impact it has. Like, I'm interested in comparing Joey Gallo's stats, for example, at the end of the 2023 season with how he played in 2022. Now, he's on, I know he's on a new team, and maybe he adjusts his swing and all that, but I, I want to see that. I want to see Juan Soto's numbers, because I know he did hit in the shift sometimes, right? Jake Cronor's numbers, because I know he hit into the shift sometimes. Some other guys' numbers. I know Max Muncy is a Dodger, but I know he hit into the shift. Right, guys that are have the shift on them all the time. I want to see what their numbers are like. I think that's when we'll be able to see. Okay, this is what the impact really is. Right, we'll we'll be able to see what the actual impact of the shift will be. We we don't know the answer to that, so I'm, I'm very interested in seeing that. Uh, Rome. With a question here, whatever happened to the Jorge Alfaro? What, whatever happened to the catcher Jorge Alfaro? Uh, the Padres they DFA'd him, I think, or released him, and he was a free agent. And then he recently signed a minor league deal with the Red Sox. So yeah, the Padres they last year they decided to not play him consistently anymore, uh, not really have him as the primary backup. They had Camposano as the primary backup because they just thought it would be better to give Camposano more playing time a little bit in the regular season. And kind of like, what what's the point of playing Alfaro, you know? When you have Camposano there, develop him more, get him more comfortable with Padres pitchers. Alfaro still was not being disciplined enough, at least in their eyes, at the plate, striking out a lot, swings and misses. Um, it just didn't work out as as well as Padres officials probably wanted it to. That's what I think Dennis Lynn said in the Athletic. So yeah, that that's pretty much what happened. I mean, he's obviously going to be remembered here, right? LFDSD and all that, but he he was not a long term answer at catcher. And and the Padres they're trying to look at Campy and see if he can be the long term answer at catcher, right? Um, will asks here, will they be wearing the same exact jerseys as last year or is the dark brown shirt their everyday away, away jersey? Yes. So really their everyday away jersey is the pinstripes, the sand pinstripe jerseys. 
that's the one that they wear the most. Even though technically it's titled that that jersey, the pinstripe road, is titled the alternate road jerseys, but they wear them as the primary because that's the better uniform, I think. And the players think it as well. I mean, they wear it more often. They rarely wear the dark brown top with the sand pants. Um, I like the pinstripe one better, the the rogue pinstripe jersey better. But yeah, it's the same uniform combo. They're still rolling out the City Connect jerseys on Friday home games. Um, hopefully it's the whole year, unlike last year, because last year it was in the middle of the year that they unveiled it. But yeah, it's still the City Connect's Friday home game. Uh, the I don't think that they have changed the military unis. No uniform changes. Still the white pinstripe. They're giving away the Manny City Connect bobblehead. So that's what is telling me that they're still rolling with the City Connect jerseys. I don't know how long they're going to have the City Connect jerseys. Like, is this like for the next five years or is this for just this next year? Like, how long? But another thing to look forward to this is the first time we're going to get to see Fernando play in the City Connect jerseys, right? Obviously, the first time we'll get to see Bogarts just in any Padres uni, right? So I'm looking forward to that. Definitely looking forward to that. Jason with a super sticker, five bucks here. I appreciate that. Um, I really do. Thank you so much, everyone, for the support. Even if you don't use the super chat button or the super sticker, I, I just appreciate you all being here. I, I love talking Padres baseball. Um, yeah, Devin here says, I like the base size is larger, hopefully less injuries or collisions at first. Yeah, I, I'm also interested in seeing what the effect that's going to have as well. I mean, I don't know how much, I forget how much, larger the bases are um but i would think it's gonna decrease the chance of injuries but injuries can still happen because there's plays where you can't avoid the other player right you're just going like a stolen base someone's trying to steal second and the catcher's throw is off a little bit and it goes to into the runner well guess what the shortstop or the second baseman who's ever covering second base they go get the ball. They have to go reach for the ball, and you, you just can't avoid it, right? Um, but they're just trying to avoid, like, a pitcher running over to first, not really knowing where the bag is. Okay, the bag's bigger, so maybe there's not going to be a collision or someone turning an ankle there, right? Stuff like that. So, yeah, I like that. Gil says, all I want is the Musgrove bucket hat. Y'all can keep all that other crap. I wouldn't say it's crap. I, I know some people aren't as big on the bobbleheads and all that, but yeah, I, I really like the Musgrove bucket hat. Um, the pullover uh, giveaway hoodie, I like that. I like that they're expanding the giveaway to not just like 30000 35000 but to 40000 right? Because last year there were fans, what I usually said was like, just get there earlier if you actually want it. But I know that's sometimes not possible for some people because they have work. If the giveaway's on a night game or it just takes a while, they don't live close to the ballpark traffic. It just takes a while to get there. Uh, so I do like that they're, you know, they're expanding. They have a lot of money, right? The record season ticket sales, the merchandise, right? They have money. So expanding to 40,000 giveaways. So everyone, pretty much everyone in the ballpark, I know the capacity is more than 40,000. So there might be a couple thousand who don't get it. But those are people that probably are getting in when the game's already started. But everyone that gets into the ballpark, 
before the game should be able to get giveaways. And I think that's really cool, right? Because some some people go, obviously for the product, but they go for the giveaway too. And then they get to go enjoy the Padres' great team that's being assembled, right? So that's what Eric Rutner said earlier this morning on Ben and Wood. So that's cool. I really like what the Padres are doing. Fan Fest is free, right? You have the Red Sox at Winter Weekend charging people $90. Uh, you have the Dodgers charging people for VIP experiences with Chris Taylor and Max Muncy and Gavin Lux. Like, come on. The Padres, they're doing it the right way. So props to them. Definitely props to them. Um, let's see here. Yeah, the City Connect hats. I did see that. I see a comment here about the City Connect hats. Took weeks to find one. Well, yeah, because a bunch of people got them. Uh, so, yeah, they were in demand. Definitely in demand. I have one. I'm fortunate. My mom got me one at Peco last year. So, thanks to her. The Don and Mud bobbleheads. Yes, Devin. Don and Mud bobbleheads. Those are not crap. Um, and that's technically, I, I put out the post on Instagram and Twitter yesterday about what were your guys' favorite What's your favorite promotion that's going to happen? Giveaway. And I didn't include Don and Mud because that's technically not a giveaway. It's in the theme package. So you have to buy a separate ticket for that. And I don't think that they have 40,000 of them. Or else it would just be a giveaway. So you have to buy a special theme ticket for that to get the bobblehead and a ticket to the game, I think. So hopefully I can get it, my hands on one of those, a few of those. Maybe I'll give one of those away if someone else doesn't want one. We'll see. But yeah, those are those are definitely a fan favorite. Uh, okay. This guy is a Dodger fan, just saying just spamming steroids, so I'm gonna block him. All right. I think that's it. Uh ESPN earlier today, they came out with their best. The best lineups, I think, in baseball. I think that's what it was. Let me double check that on ESPN. I think it's it's a list. The best lineups in baseball from Slam Diego to the Oakland Z's. Way too early 2023 MLB lineup rankings. And the Padres, they are numero uno. Let me see if this is going to load. Here we go. Okay, so... The Padres, they're number one. This projected lineup is Hassan Kim before Tatis comes back. Kim, Soto, Manny, Bogarts, Cronenworth, Cruz, Carpenter, Nola, Grisham. So I don't know if that's really going to be the case. I don't think the Padres want to have Matt Carpenter in left field every day until Tatis comes back. But their ESPN is putting together the best offensive names, right? The best maybe possible lineup. I think the actual lineup before Tatis comes back, let's say this is against a righty, probably Kim, So, or maybe you go Cronenworth because he's a lefty, but maybe they want Cronenworth more in the middle of that lineup. So we'll go with Kim leading off. Kim, Soto, Manny, Bogarts, Cronenworth. If a righty's on the mound, then Carpenter, back-to-back lefties there. And then probably Nola, Grisham, and then righty on the mound. So David Dahl, maybe. David Dahl is a lefty bat playing right field. Have Soto in left field. 
they have Soto in right field in this lineup, but I think it's best for the Padres to just have Soto play left field the whole year. If Hopefully Tatis stays healthy and is able to play right field the whole year. But just put Soto in left field and just so he's comfortable, right? There's no, like, transition period. You don't have two guys having to transition to new, you know, new positions. You just have Tatis transitioning when he comes back at Petco Park to the outfield and all that. He'll probably, he'll probably be comfortable a little bit in right field because he'll be taking grounders and fly balls in right field, probably at Petco right now and in spring training, right, leading up to the season and playing games, spring training games in right field. But at the big league level, only one guy will be adjusting to right field in big league games, getting back to playing that, right? I know he played right field a little bit in 2021 after the subluxations, but to really, you know, get back to playing right field consistently, he's got to, to, you know, adjust to that. ESPN says park neutral runs. They're going to score 896 runs. Best traits, everything. Worst traits, nothing. What a time to live in. ESPN saying there's no worst traits about the Padres lineup. The name missing from the projected opening day lineup is Tatis, who returns from his PED suspension on April 20th. At that point, the Padres will have four MVP-level producers atop their batting order. The talent is staggering. It's not just a collection of names either. It's also a group that does everything well. The Padres rank in the top 10 in all seven of our skill categories, which is why they get to be designated as good at everything and bad at nothing. The Padres forecast to rank third in park-adjusted batting average and top the majors in secondary average, which covers pretty much everything, and it's a deep lineup. The Padres have eight players forecasted to finish in the 70th percentile or better by OPS. Eight players. So is that everyone but, like, Nola, maybe? Including all, including the four MVP hopefuls in the 90-100 group. In fact, they are all in the 95th percentile or above. Soto, Tatis, Manny, and Bogarts, all in the 95th percentile or above uh, in OPS. Well, simply put, given good health and representative performances from its core, this might well turn out to be the best offense in Padres history. Maybe. It might be. It's the most anticipated Padres season. If you care about the other teams, uh, they have the Cardinals as the second-best lineup, Tommy Edmond, Wilson Contreras, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Brendan Donovan, Tyler O'Neill, Lars Newtbar, Juan Yepes, Dylan Carlson. So they don't have Jordan Walker in this lineup. Park neutral runs for the Cardinals, 842. Again, the Padres, 896. They have the Braves with the third-best lineup with Acuna, Harris, Riley, Olsen, Sean Murphy, Albies, Rosario, Azuna, Grissom. I'm surprised, to be honest, that the Padres are, were ranked number one. I would have probably given it to the Astros, but the Astros are fourth. I mean, they're up there. Park neutral runs for the Astros, 819. So that's what it seems like they're basing this off of. Park neutral runs projection. Um, Astros lineup, I, I, it's just stacked. Jose Altuve, Michael Brantley, Alex Bregman, Alex Bregman Jordan Alvarez, Jose Abreu, who they brought in via free agency, Kyle Tucker, Jeremy Pena. Chaz McCormick, Martin Maldonado. I mean, one through seven. Jeremy Pena, ALCS, World Series MVP, hitting seventh in that lineup. Just stacked. Where are the Dodgers, you may ask? Sixth. Padres one, Dodgers six. Betts, Freeman, Smith, Muncie, J.D. Martinez, Lux, 
Trace Thompson in center field, Chris Taylor as their second baseman hitting eighth, and James Altman batting ninth as their left field. As their left fielder. The Padres outfield. So when Tatis comes back, Tatis, Soto, Grisham. Dodgers outfield, James Altman, Trace Thompson, and Mookie Betts. We'll see how the Dodgers do. I mean, I'd expect them to make some moves before the trade deadline because they're not trying to waste a season, but they're not trying as hard as the Padres are, right? So, you know, it's it's a must-win for the Padres this year. Not the division. I mean, the division. I just want them to be in the postseason and then go win the World Series. But, yeah, you have to get far this year. You, you just do. It's a better team this year than last year, right? Mariners, Mets. Phillies and the Yankees round out the top 10. Yankees have some holes too. Um, left field, Josh Donaldson, not that great. Uh, Harrison Bader, Jose Trevino as their catcher. So we'll see. We'll see uh, what happens there. We'll see what happens offensively for the Padres, but ESPN projecting them to have the best offense in baseball. Uh, Brian has a question here. Is there a scenario where Tatis goes to center and we trade Grish when Tatis' suspension is over? Uh, I guess there's a scenario where that happens, but usually there's not trades right when the season starts. And April 20th, when Tatis returns, that that's still the start of the season. You don't see trades. Teams, they make trades in the offseason, but then once the the season starts, they want to see what this team is. They want to see a track record of what this team is so that they can have their best projection of what this team can be the rest of the season. They can project, okay, is this team a postseason team? That's what the trade deadline's for, right? It's a good enough, it, there's enough time there for teams to decide, okay, are we contenders, put our chips in, or let's trade away some pieces. This isn't the year. April 20th, I don't see the Padres trading Trent Grisham when Tatis comes back, move him over to center. And then, okay, so who you who are you having play right field? Soto, who's playing left? Are you bringing back Profar? I mean, I guess, but I'm not willing to give up Grisham. Or not willing, I'm not willing to give up on Grisham. I'm willing to give him up if, if it's for the right trade, but I'm not willing to give up on Trent Grisham. I think he still he still has it. Still has it. The potential is still there. He's still a great defensive center fielder. You know what you're going to get there. I think that's big with Soto in left field, uh, hopefully, and Tatis in right field. Um, that's big. So I guess there's a scenario, Brian, to answer your question, but I don't see them trading Trent Grisham early on in the season. I think it's either this offseason or before the trade deadline, if they do. I hope they don't. I, I want Grish here, but... I don't see it happening in April, let's say. All right. I think that's going to do it here. Talking Friars episode 327. Thank you, everybody, so much for being here. Had a bunch of episodes this week. I think I did it every day this week. Um, there's been a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff happening. I'm just, I'm just so freaking pumped up for this season. So pumped up. All right. See everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Happy Friday. See ya. Go Pods.